Gunna, let's go by Bo Bunny, Gunnamos with the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. Y'all make sure y'all guys tune in. Gunnamos, bye. Gary Suarez. I'm a music journalist and critic, and I write a twice-weekly hip-hop newsletter called Cabbages, which you can subscribe to for free at cabbageshiphop.com. Joining me as always is my half-baked co-host, music industry insider Jeffrey Lachlan. It's season three of the podcast, for those of you who pay attention to that sort of thing, and this one is all about stoner comedies. And today, we'll be talking about Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, the 2004 buddy flick of which Entertainment Weekly said, quote, celebrates the pursuit of pleasure as the grand unifier of America. Also weed. Now we'll get into the show in just a minute. But please, if you're listening and you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. And if you can rate the show five stars, that would be even better. And if you could do all that and write a review, well, then I'd gladly let you sniff my bag of sliders. Thank you. Jeff, I don't know how you've never seen this movie before. I don't either. I truly don't. I, I love dumb stoner comedies. And I maybe I just didn't know about this one as much. How? There was, okay. You watch fucking total garbage. I know you do. Dude, 100%. So there was this like, dude, where's my carification of films? Where did When did dude, where's my car come out? 2000. And when did, when did Harold and Kumar come 2004. Out? They have the same this, director, okay. by the way. This makes perfect sense. I, I truly, upon first viewing, really, really hated Dude, Where's My Car? Now, I laughed some and like, I, I truly hated Zach Snow, but I didn't, I knew that if it was popular, that a million movies like it would come out. And I didn't have any interest in seeing those films. I didn't smoke, if you remember correctly, I didn't smoke weed until way later in my life. Okay. So this particular brand of stoner comedy didn't really come to me until later. Rise of Taj and all of these movies that mm-hmm. sort of went the National Lampoon's route, but National Lampoon's wasn't that great anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It no. hadn't been for quite some time. Uh, I mean, so Van, I just, like, Van Wilder is Van Wilder is probably the last the last one that anybody uh, regards with positivity. Correct, and I felt like even though they didn't have the National Lampoon brand. They were sold like National Lampoon's movies. We're talking about a time where American Pie was a thing. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And there was a sort of film where you could kind of be raunchy, be sort of edgy. And it like precedes the true like Judd Apatow rise. Like this period in the very early 2000s sort of precedes like knocked up. 
It's before we get totally. And it also is aimed because those movies are aimed at adults. Yeah. These movies were aimed at like teenagers. A lot of them. I'm not saying this one was particular, but I lumped it in with those and boy, what a mistake. Yeah. This this, is a wonderful, stupid, wonderful movie. It sure is. I loved it. I had fun revisiting this film. I saw this when it came out in 2004. Mm -hmm. I was an instant fan so you were on top of this right away. You were like, I loved Harold and Kumar go to White Castle immediately. Okay. I it tapped into my my tastes and my interests at that time. You know, I was in my like early to mid twenties. It makes perfect sense because it was like so for me. Had I been a pothead then and not a drinker, then I probably would have really gotten into this. Well, it's never too late. <laughs> what? It's never too late. It's never too late. That's the line. That's what you just gave me. It's never too late. It's never too late. I, I already thought... said I liked it. What does that even mean? It's never too late. I thought you were going to bust out into like a, it's never too late for love or something like that. But And That's... say the sake, Eric, you're fine girl. I think we did that one already. Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, did we already do that? No way. I'm bringing our guests in. My lights, my love, my Gary. Maybe we did do that. I'm so excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Zena Coda, a marketing veteran in the music industry and of satellite radio. She currently hosts the podcast, Everything's Political. She's also a co-founder of the Asian American Collective, an organization for Asian Americans in the media, entertainment, and creative spaces. Also joining us today is Bo Bundy. The Houston rapper made waves last year with his viral single, Mi Barrio. His latest album is called El Unico Desmadre de Mi Madre released on the Rancho Mille label and available wherever music is streamed or sold. Welcome to the show, everybody. What's up, guys? Make it sound so sexy right there. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? that <laughs> barrio, barrio, barrio. Yeah. Look, mm, yeah. look, give me that R. Roll that R, baby. I know. You know I think Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff's probably the only person right here who can't really roll the R's. But we'll I, can, I can roll the R. Oh, there we go. Just give it a two. I've taken more Spanish classes then I know what to do with. Mm. Uh, it turns out I'm just really dumb. Yeah, fuck Spanish. Yeah, I got kicked out of Spanish classes. <laughs> kicked out. All right. <laughs> I feel like this is definitely more of a movie for people who got kicked out of Spanish class mm. rather than people who really excelled at it, to be fair. Um, although, I mean, the representation of Latinos in this movie is a bit messed up, but we'll get into that in a minute. We're going to do all this sort of stuff. But we're talking about Harold and Kumar. And the reason why we're talking about Harold and Kumar go to White Castle is because uh, Jeff hasn't seen it up until this point. That's wow. Correct. It was a oh, surprise. Shit. That is correct. So unlike, uh, I think everybody else on this call had seen it before. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, many moons ago. And then I rewatched it last night. I rewatched I, it today. <laughs> I, and it's so weird because it's it's almost 20 years. To the, mm. to the day, right? I, yeah, I used to love this yeah. movie as a kid. And like today I watched it. I'm like, this movie is really stupid. Like, is that, <laughs> it's like, so stupid. I, I used to think this movie was like the bee's knees, man. And then like today it was just like, yo, what the fuck? I also think it's really bad representation of New Jersey. All right. Like as a Jersey girl, 
And that's why I thought you actually picked a Gary. <laughs> I think in my subconscious mind, I was like, you have to get Zena Coda on for <laughs> the Harold Kumar movie because she's the most New Jersey person. She's from Jersey. Oh, yeah. I got, I got a Jersey tattoo, baby. <laughs> Jersey. Now, I, I want to lay out because obviously this movie takes place entirely in New Jersey. Quote, unquote, quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. It's written by two New Jersey natives. Uh, pals John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. And the, the basically the duo of Harold and Kumar are based on people they knew back in high school. It, Randolph High School, Morris County, New Jersey. So Of course. Now that's why I need to get your perspective. So these are, what's your impressions of this film as a Jersey girl? Well, if they're from Randolph, which by the way, there, there was a really popular um, venue called Obsessions in Randolph. I actually saw like one of my first shows there, a bunch of rock shows, hip hop shows. Like it's in the fucking sticks straight up. Like it's not, oh. I'm actually, I didn't know they were from Randolph, but half of the movie happens in like central to almost Philly, Jersey. So that's kind of interesting that they decided to, uh, to pick that region. Of Jersey, which apparently is a lot of woods, <laughs> and this I, I was like, I was taken aback by that. Like my my, I was gonna say fiance, my fucking husband was yep. like, he's like, that doesn't look like Jersey to me. I was like, yeah, I can I can guarantee that's not New Jersey for sure. I too was a little bit like thrown by the amount of woodland. Well, there. All right, let let let's let's map out the geography, right? Okay. If you me. go to like um like the Pine Barrens, yeah, it's like. Between Central and South Jersey, there uh-huh. is a fuck ton of woods, but where they claim to be, I, it, it sh- there is nowhere that looks like that in New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that that struck me. Um, like if you're gonna go Jersey, and their their addition of Newark, quote unquote, I'm like, come on now. And then Anthony Anderson was there. I completely forgot that he was in the movie too. Whatever. Oh, it. so many Fantastic. great people. No, so many. Can I ask about Newark actually? Because the thing that struck me the most about Newark, that Brick was City, the, was the first part that I thought might be a little, might be something off, is how multiracial the beatdown was. It was like a Benetton ad of dudes beaten down the <laughs> second rate Howard and Kumar. I was surprised by that because my experiences of getting beat down in Newark are very different. At hardcore shows? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I don't know. New York's a very interesting place because it's very Black, Hispanic, and Portuguese, surprisingly, yes. because yes. of the, the Ironbound section. And I mean, at least modern Newark in the time I've been alive. I wasn't around for the Italian days, for sure. But um, I, misrepresentation, for sure. But I think this whole movie was like a Benetton marathon, right? Like it's really kind of the OG representation in comedy. Yeah. I, 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 it really kind of struck me how, you know, these days there's so many different shades of comedians um, and intersectional people doing comedy. But at the time in 2004, right? Like what, there was some- We were still very much in the dude, where's my car? Yeah, it was nascent, right? There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't this was, level of the diversity. The stoner movies were usually- a pair of like jobless white bros. And everything was so stereotypical, right? Like when you look at this, this movie is like, everything's a stereotype, right? The Indian doctor, the Jewish guys who are stoners with the menorah, which cracked me up like in the middle of their- awesome. <laughs> They were smoking out of a shofar, right? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. They really were. So stereotypical, it's so fucking offensive. You get this, you get this kind of interesting representation where in any other, you know, screenwriter director's hands, this would have been the story of of Goldstein and Rosenberg. <laughs> that would have been the things. And then Harold and Kumar would have been the neighbors. 
and we would have watched them go to hot dog heaven and that would have been the film. Changing the lens, so to speak, and focusing on their story uh, of Harold and Kumar is creates a very different type of perspective for this movie. Because I think stoner movies have a history, so at least some of the best stoner movies, of being far more representative. Weed has mm. been a, a uniter in film uh, in ways it hasn't been. I think about Cheech and Chong. I think about Friday. I think how about- high? I think about Half yeah, Baked. I think about How High. All of these stoner movies generally having leads that are not straight white guys. Yeah, I mean, all people like getting high. <laughs> who, who doesn't like getting high? Now, it's just amazing. Like I don't like this shit. <laughs> um, are you not you. a smoker? So, Bo, are you not? A, are you not a smoker? Nah, dude, I fuck with other shit, but I don't really smoke like that. Like yeah. not like how people try to like smoke. Like I can't smoke and like be normal. <laughs> Have like, you ever taken an edible, Bo? Yeah, dude. That's fuck what that. ruined you, wasn't it? <laughs> fuck that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, nah. it was like I think it was like in tenth grade. I was in this fucking, I was in my government, like Texas government class, and uh, they gave me this brownie, but it was like well decorated. So I thought it was like one of them Kroger brownies and shit, you know? Oh no. And my homeboy wow. Tony was like, dude, I bet you can't eat it with like in one bite. And I was like, dude, fuck this. So I like one bit this whole brownie, right? Where was the cupcake? Okay. Dude, I was so fucked in third period. Oh. <laughs> and, At school, uh, I can't in imagine. School. Dude, I remember like sitting in the back of the class and there was some girl named Taylor and she was just like, she was being like, she was talking while the teacher was like teaching and I could have swore I just said like, can you please just shut the fuck up? But I thought <laughs> I said it in my head <laughs> and I said it out loud, but I've had like, I don't know, I just can't like, can't, I can't be cool and high. I like, have that so problem really, too, but I just, I just soldiered through. I smoke every now and then, but I like microdose. Hmm. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. I just like hit it like once or twice. To kind of just be chill, because if I get too high, I get paranoid, mm-hmm. or I get I feel like my mind's always racing, and when I'm high, I feel like I just stop thinking, and that kind of scares the fuck out of me. The beauty is you're from Houston, so like yeah, you got, you got plenty of other stuff down there to enjoy. Yeah, that's what I enjoy. <laughs> that's that's the stuff I'm into, man. The you un- nah, then being high in a Hispanic household is hard as fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> too much stalking dude my mom would like smell my fingers like when i get home from like what wow I that could lead like, a whole very... other way my my man <laughs> that, that is actually an entirely different podcast that we can totally. do totally <laughs> she would like because i would change my shirts and stuff mm-hmm. and then i have very small eyes so like my eyes are like shut and like so it was just always hard to like even like play it off i hear you so I wouldn't really do it. I, fu- I think I was fucking with dabs more in high school than actual, oh my God. like, blunts. Aggressive. It- yeah, dude, aggressive. I'm from the north side. I hate dude. dabs. Crim- criminal watched area. <laughs> you know, we yeah, was- dabs get me too high, honestly. Like, dabs yeah, get me to dabs. a point of, like, crackness. Like, you're like, what is going on here? I'm not Like, you're, like, that. laid out. <laughs> I just want to, like, watch TV and laugh. I'm good with this, like, <laughs> fi- finding other universes bullshit. No, yeah. thank you. Well, you know what? All right. So this brings up a good point, actually. Thank you for bringing it up, Bo. Because if you're from New Jersey, or to bring it back to the subject at hand. Mm. Why not? Growing up, all we did was roll blunts, roll down the turnpike or the or the, the parkway, because those are the only two ways you get any, or one and nine, or 278, sorry. And just smoke blunts, right? Like, that's mm. all you do. And I was surprised. 
I mean, they were lighting up here and there, but I guess they didn't have the weed right at the time. Like they kept losing right. it. Yeah. Um, but that struck me. I'm like, where are the blunts here? Because like, weed was it doesn't very, matter who you are in Jersey, you smoke blunts. Weed was very prevalent, but the imbibing of it wasn't really the important part of the film. Unlike, and we've watched a whole bunch of these now. Uh, yes, we these have. Stoner comedies and most of them, it's very front and center. Like everyone is smoking the whole time or talking about it. Uh, and this one, yeah. there was a lot going on to where like the weed was like a sidecar of sorts, but it was still pretty important. I feel like they made it like a mission. Like they were trying so hard to obtain it, but right. then it was kind of like, it wasn't the main purpose of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, the, the premise of the film obviously being their desire for White Castle, which I, I don't know. I never had that much trouble getting to a White Castle in my life. But, I've never you know, been. It's, it's honestly not worth you're it. Good. I mean, like it's, you're good. I'm a Whataburger guy. You're better off at Whataburger. You're better off at a lot of other places. Look, but it's like, okay, they have a craving. And I respect that. I respect being high and having a craving. That's fine. Sure. But it's sort of like most stoner films, the goal involves weed. The goal right, is yeah. we're going to go get weed or we're going to grow this weed and sell this weed <laughs> or we're going to go transport this weed or we're going to do something or we're going to smoke. But it's almost never been like, the most one of the most relatable experiences about being high is getting that craving. I want something specific. Like you couldn't make this movie today because DoorDash exists. Yeah, grab it. Yeah. Just ordered it. They'd get that <laughs> shit. They'd just be like, "I'm done. I'm done." This would be a movie just them sitting on the couch watching Sixteen Candles until their White Castle show. Yo, I Dude, shout out Sixteen Candles. That's, a, that's yeah. a great film. I got so offended when he was making fun of him because I love anything that's like John Hughes. Aww. agree. We're, I'm on the same page. I'm Harold all the way on that. I generally really like Harold. Yes. Harold was my guy, man. He's a nice he was, guy. He just, no, like, no. <laughs> he was a really good dude, generally. But you know what? I know the irony about this whole like quest for White Castle. First of all, they were in Newark. There's a million White Castles in Newark. Right. And mm. right by there in Elizabeth, New Jersey is like the White Castle. There used to be a Spanish club. Shout out, Gary, you know, you know, uh, right next to the White Castle that we go to. But there were, it's just funny that they went so far when it's literally in all of the areas that they were at. It, it was within arm's reach, right? Like, yeah, I guess it's part of the journey, but I just find it funny. Disbelief. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. I was trying to think about it in the terms of like 2021, where mm -hmm. it's like, if I wanted to, if I was high and I was at home and I saw a Sonic commercial, <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't know how to fuck to get to a Sonic. Oh my God. Remember, I would it was have to, out of reach. It was totally out of reach at one like, point. Like, you'd have to I'm go to Long Island. You'd have to go to Long mm. Island. Not even to, Virginia. Like, <laughs> like, Connecticut. I'm going to have to go. Like, it's always funny when you're like, how do I get this thing? It's on my TV. So how sexy. do I get this thing? Like that shake was all fucking oh like smothered in chocolates and all of these fucking cheeses on fried stuff. Like when you're high, you're like, you're like orgasmic when you see that. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. And like, I'm sorry, like I love the chicken spot and I love the pizza place. But if I see something like that come across my screen, I want it. <laughs> then you get there I mean, and they serve you literal dog food. I mean, I mean, we're talking about like seeing this in like 20 and being like in 2021. Like I don't watch TV. I can't tell you the last time I've sat down 
and watch TV. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't even think I'd be like seeing a commercial and wanting something. What so, do you do? <laughs> Is it strictly strictly music? Nah, dude, I hardly fuck with music. <laughs> everybody, everybody thinks I'm like this artist just always on me. Nah, dude, I just, um, I don't really, I mean, I like to float the river. I like getting drunk. Like, I'm never like, whenever I do have free time, I'm like barbecuing or something. But I don't really like, I guess I'll stream shows, but there's not really commercials. Like, yeah. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know uh, what I want, like, if I'm sitting out high. The difference is like with Jeff and I is we watch a lot of uh, we watch a lot of bad movies and that often means that they're on the really uh, low rent streaming services. So it's like oh. we're not watching HBO Max, we're no. watching Tubi. Yeah, we're watching, oh, we're watching Crackle. It's the it's the bottom of the barrel, man. Crackle. Like, Crackle. I mean, like when we I got get commercials. High, I like to go to like Bucky's. I don't know if you know where Bucky's are. What's Bucky's? Bucky. It's like these gas stations in Texas, but they're like they're 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 usually like in outer cities. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's a road trip gas station, but they're like you guys know what Walmart is. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. This gas station's the same size as Walmart. I got thrown out of one one. Uh, okay, wow. the heartbeat of America, right there. <laughs> and they have everything: candy, snacks, barbecue, chicken strips, everything. So and it's, it's akin, like kind of akin to a sheets. Do you know sheets? Oh, sheets! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah What's yeah, the things? I think you got them in the in the in the East Coast. They're called like Wawa, 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 Wawa. So that's yeah, another Wawa. reason why this wasn't truly Jersey, because there would be a Wawa and a quick. There would have been all kinds of Wawa. Yeah, I feel like you would have got distracted by a Wawa, and they would not even end up going to. <laughs> it's actually crazy because like there is that scene at the convenience store. Where they they stop at a convenience store and they unfortunately run into those extreme sports bros, yeah. Like, like that in in any realistic depiction of Jersey, that would have been a Wawa, right? That would have been yeah. That would have been a a, a a place that exists. It would have been a generic store. Yeah, I mean that scene hit me because I realized that he was now in South Jersey. At that mm. stage, you're like that's South Jersey. Of course, look at look at those men. <laughs> look at those men. <laughs> I was like, these are people we don't associate with in North Jersey. I mean, like a lot of my understanding of the parts of Jersey that I haven't stopped in, which is plenty. You just keep going till you get to Atlantic City. But you're talking about the woods. It's like, are there really parts of New Jersey where a backwoods monster like Chris Maloney's freak show could live? Is that <laughs> yes. even possible? How? Where? Uh, also, what a waste of a beautiful man. Uh, thank you very much. But <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, when the pus comes out of my stomach, literally flipped and I was so disgusted. You know but why? Yeah. You know why they cast him, though, right? They reached out to him directly and they said, we think this would be perfect for you. And the script described the character as the ugliest person on the planet. And he immediately <laughs> got the joke and said, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah. I mean, it's like if they had Don Draper. That would be the only other uh, right. <laughs> kid to that. I So there is, and I'll tell you a story about South Jersey. So when I was younger, before I was 21, um, there were these parties that they had in the Pine Barrens. And it, it's literally just woods for like miles and miles and miles. And these hippies would throw like these basically like drug raves all night long. So they would play like, you know, like rock music, but then go into like, it, it was the early 2000s so you know it was still like kind of like that rave club um Mm -hmm. scene and we would go and just party all night there um and there would be thousands of people hidden in the woods 
in New Jersey. It's like you would, I almost like cannot believe it. It was, it existed. If I wasn't there and getting fucked up all day, all night long, I, I wouldn't have even believed it, but it was pretty incredible to be honest. I don't know who the fuck threw these parties, but there were DJs, there were drugs, there was booze, food. Wow. Everybody just kind of camped. Everyone was fucking. It was, it's kind of amazing. You know, like there's just nothing but debauchery there in the middle of the woods. So he would have came out and he would have, you know, he would have found plenty of um, lovely little young things for his wife and him to desecrate. <laughs> and that it seems desecration is the word uh, <laughs> in that case, because it does seem like I, I saw that scene and it looked like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre porn parody. We were just getting the grossest version we could possibly get. And then juxtaposed with like the innocent looking wife character and we're just supposed to like accept this. This is just the reality. Okay, this is what we're looking at. Got it. Like I love that in this in the Stoner movie context, but I appreciate your disturbing uh, in retrospect explanation of how <laughs> conceivable this actually could have been. There could have been this backwoods monster who was plucking uh, folks from the uh, from the pine barrens to go I mean, back he was to like his a Jesus shack. Freak. Yeah, he was a Jesus freak too, Gower- right? Like. Yes. That was the hook. So that's completely conceivable, in my yeah. opinion. Pro- huge dick, probably. <laughs> the dick. <laughs> I can't. I mean, like. Area haven't died inside, okay? <laughs> but that, I'm saying money, dick, God, all those things together. It kind of sounds. It it's it's uh, poetry in motion. Yes. <laughs> Science. Is this a good movie? Is this movie any, is this good? Honestly, you would have asked 10-year-old me, I would have said, fuck yeah, you should totally watch it. Great movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, the best thing about like growing up watching this was kind of just like, like sneaking away from my parents and watching it. <laughs> like uh, the, the, the maliciousness of me knowing that I should not be watching this at this age. Absolutely. Is what made this movie so great growing up. Salaciousness. Yeah, you're getting like, away with something. Yeah, right? I'm getting away with something. This movie's so hardcore. You know, they're doing all kinds of shit. They're just like, they're talking about sex with these girls and this and that and weed and all this. So that's what kind of made this movie great growing up. And I watched it today. I watched it with a straight face. Okay, so you're <laughs> out. You're, it's not a good movie. I'm not. I, honestly, I don't think so. Maybe okay. if you're high, I guess so. But Oh, totally. I, I don't know. <laughs> Today, I was just like, I feel like they were just trying so hard. And okay. I was just like, it, it wasn't for me. I, I've always loved comedy. Comedy is like my favorite thing yeah. to watch. And I, from, a, from from a, being a little kid. So I totally get what Bo, what you're saying about like watching something that your parents probably would not approve of. And there's a certain thrill that comes with that. And I think also that there's a point in which when I first saw this film, like there was a type of movie that was out at that time. And, you know, I'd watched a lot of stoner films in the past, you know, leading up to that. So I really appreciated it and enjoyed it that moment for being kind of edgy, if you will. But, you yeah. know, now the, I had found the parts of this movie that I enjoyed are not necessarily the parts that I enjoyed back then. Like to me, Gary Anthony Williams, he like low key steals the movie as Tariq, Harold's cellmate in that Jersey, in that Jersey jail. Like he says, oh, man. when he's there, he's just yes. reading a book and he says, I'm fat, black, can't dance, and I have two gay fathers. People have been messing with me my whole life. Like, in the context of what's happening now in this country, the reckoning that's been going on, 
that joke hits in a way that didn't hit then. Like I would have just said, yeah, like, oh, it was ahead of his time. Yeah, like right. oh, that's that. Agreed. That would have just been another because uh, I mean, there's plenty of homophobic jokes in this movie, which is one of the hardest thing to watch in the rewatch. Just how many times these guys are just ribbing each other about you know, dick or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But there's Ooh, so many stupid. movies that you listen, like even five years ago where the no, verbiage is so different. Like those terms don't fly anymore at all. Like, That's like the baby, just, the baby yeah. knows. Don't oh fly yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> that went well, he's got early. a lot of time to think about that <laughs> with all those canceled shows. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. No, seriously. I mean, you know, people are ready to cancel at any moment, but no, I, I, I remember that, that line stood out to me too, because I was like, wow, that's normal today right like right. That, that feels very normal today but it kind of just shows how much we've changed and how how far we've actually come in the last 20 years yeah i mean i think also he plays a role that's another kind of like cinematic trope is he's sort of like in that moment he's harold's bagger vance he says the universe tends to unfold as it should and it totally just like creates a new motivation for harold Changes he's been reluctant fun. along the whole way of this thing with mm -hmm. Kumar driving him into this. Like, now I'm going to, like, find my inner strength. And I also really want to eat those fucking burgers. <laughs> I think this was a good movie. I, I, like, and I totally understand why it's bad, too, right? Because it's, mm -hmm. it's in, by nature bad, but sometimes bad is good. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, think about, like, even when Ryan Reynolds pops out. Uh, like, some of the comedic timing is just so stupid and, like, very... Um, amateur by by certain standards but like when you look at certain movies today too you're like oh it's kind of kitschy and kind of shitty but there was parts of it that i just thought were really were, were just really nicely tied together in the pure like follies comedic way and i appreciate it for me my favorite scene in that entire movie is when that heart song cues up and that huge fucking bag of weed <laughs> like he's like he's like this is my coffee's burnt, bitch. <laughs> the Crazy dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. The dream sequence that turns into their domestic life not being yes. perfect. You're like, what the hell is it? But it's so like bad. It's genius. There is really is such a time and place. Maybe I have enough nostalgia for it because I'm fucking old right now. But like, I, I thought it was good for what it is right at the time. Right. I feel that's what it is. They just perfectly captured that day, like that certain time period. Like I give it that. Yes. Like it was such a good movie for that time period. Right. Yeah. Like I feel like it really just captured the aesthetic of what was going on at this time and stoners at that day and age. And I feel like I respect that. Did it need multiple iterations? I don't think so. Like we could have ended at that movie in my opinion, but you know, but for the first time really ever, there were different kinds of stoners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody, yeah. if you're a stoner, you're just a stoner. All you think about is weed. And then this movie brings one dude who's kind of a reluctant stoner who like really wants to get ahead. One dude who's fully ahead and could like be a doctor tomorrow, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> or was and, actually. But then right. it's also like, then it's also like when you go to the college and they're at the, where right. the, the, the Asian society at the college like mm. those kids are getting high in a very different way totally and it's like weed is the unifier it brings everybody together everybody who does it it was like a representation of everybody you have the dirty hippie who's selling the, the weed totally. who's like you know basically a little punk and then like you've got just like the casual usage of a investment banker like it all comes together you get all these people who experience it and then you get neil patrick harris who oh. uh, i mean his baby bobby lee 
Oh, Baby it's, Bobby Lee was like 32 when that movie came out. Ah, he looks so young. <laughs> My I, favorite kind of, scene in that film is him like apologizing the way he apologizes. <laughs> it's just incredible. It's like, yeah, man, I said I was sorry. Like, I kind of want to move on. I love really that they wonderful. dismissed the Asian party and the Asian party was like lit as fuck. It was lit. <laughs> I love that too. I think the college scene was actually minus the pooping contest. The chick shit in the uh, bathroom. Uh, Ugh, that was so uh, disgusting. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, Rancid. The, and that's just like, that's just the zaniness, right? That's what we're talking about. The kind of right. movie. Like you were just going to have a zany film, but like sometimes that weirdness worked. Like I right. think about Jamie Kennedy as the creepy guy who randomly pees next to Kumar in the woods. Like <laughs> nobody, that scene was not expected. And also that's a great reunion. That's a reunion of Cal Penn and Jamie Kennedy from Malibu's Most Wanted. It's also a reunion for us and our friend, Jamie Kennedy, because we watched a movie with him last podcast. Oh, we're not talking about fucking bong water. We're not talking about- We're not, I'm not going to bring it up. But we watched a good movie. We're not talking about the bad this movie. This dude did pop up a lot in, in stoner branded humor. Yeah, I think, and then right after this, he did some of the mask. So you know, right? Oh God, I that's forgot a, about that. It's a big mistake. Oof. But yeah, like and Malibu's like, most wanted. I gotta, I gotta drop it. One of the worst films ever made. Like it's not oh, great. Man. It's not great. Oh, I love that. Give me wait, Bo. Wait, wait, but, but Bo, do you do you like Malibu's most wanted, or do you like it the way that you liked Harold and Kumar when you were ten? I guess so. I guess I haven't seen it since. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. We may need we may need to watch it. You might need. To I'm watch really. It. I'm like. All right. So you guys have you guys ever seen, uh, Walk Hard: The Story of Dewey Cox? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, that's so one good. of the best. That's my favorite movie of all time. The A music's actually film. really good there too. Yes. Like, that movie is so great to me. It's uh, almost as Walk Hard. That movie is a shining moment for Tim Meadows because every 100%. time, every time that Dewey Cox <laughs> is like interested in you uh, drugs it. you don't want it you can't get addicted get out of here dewey <laughs> <laughs> it so makes like, sex okay. better <laughs> it's not happening for me you can make these terrible movies and they can be rewatchable with like even the slightest move toward like a real plot and like thought and and you know what i mean like these things can be good they make so many bad movies that are supposed <laughs> to be comedies and then something yeah. like the, these movies, I, I'm on the side that this is a good movie. It's a good, terrible movie. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that because we've watched some bad stoner comedies, both for this podcast yeah. and otherwise. We've watched some really badly executed stoner comedies. And or I think, like that, that that's the second version of How High with Little Yachty. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't like that movie. I, I really thought oh, it was going to be something in... We we got, liked it. We I got bad news. It. We absolutely loved it. We, we like we like, but we liked it against expectations. Like we that's thought, true. We thought it was going to be awful. And I think also it's it's one of the things in watching these films. Like when I come to watch a stoner movie, my bar is low. It's super low. It's like I'm a high or I'm gonna be high, and I'm gonna watch this thing. And if I laugh, then it worked. And if I don't laugh, then it didn't work. But right. my expectations are low and enough fun shit happened in How High 2 that made me go, oh, I like it. And that this movie, there was enough mo enough moments where I laughed. Like, Zena, you mentioned Anthony Anderson before as mm -hmm. the Burger Shack employee. Like, <laughs> what a performance. What the a semen. performance. It's semen. Animal semen. And just the, the physical comedy of him freaking out in the drive-thru booth, like, now he's like a superstar, but back then he was like, had just come off of like Kangaroo Jack. 
like, like a teen was, actor still yeah he yeah. was like stoner <laughs> comedies have this way of like finding they they get these people before they become brands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're like they could never be caught dead talking about animal like right now anthony Andrews is not doing a movie and being like animal scene you know what no. I mean? Like he's yeah. doing like he's doing like the latest iteration spinoff of of Blackish. He's not totally. doing yeah. animal semen. A lot of oh, these wow. Ryan Reynolds had the same shit where he's probably not going. I don't know. That waiting, was like even well, like, like waiting. Chris Pratt and like Parks and Rec. You know, and now he's a fucking mm. Avenger. Like right, yeah, totally. I don't know if it's because of the juvenileness and they can like get certain people. I don't know what it is, but a lot of these have people that are like, oh shit. Later on, they do like incredible, you know, huge work. Well, Ryan Reynolds was in the surgery. He was a surgeon, right? Or was a surgery? <laughs> he was like the yeah. He was the, the, the gay surgeon. surgeon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, marijuana. Yeah, but why? Whole bag, whole thing <laughs> bag of it. I that's my that might be actually my favorite scene in the film. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. Higher surgery was <laughs> so good. Was like, can you dab me right here? He just keeps dabbing up more. And that they went through a hospital to look for weed was, was the, the dump. That's the most stoner idiot shit I've ever heard of in my <laughs> like, life. We're going to go like, to the medical. Brilliant. You nailed it, guys. You really yeah. got me with this. Yeah. But that's how you know they're high because that's that they think is a good idea. That they think a medical marijuana means they just carry it in hospitals. They just yeah. have it in the in the back. Of course. Why would they? They would have it there. It's like, it's like no, if you're looking for fentanyl, they probably got that, but like, you're not going to have fucking <laughs> fentanyl. You're not going to have fucking kush. There's nothing but depressing drugs back there. It's all There's no fentanyl. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it the was, kind of shit they're going to have. It was also crazy how, like, lusting a vagina Neil Patrick Harris was considering oh, his yeah. like, current state I was like this is like this dude bro lust for chicks I'm like what the fuck I forgot about that and then just thinking about obviously what we know now I'm like mm. this was two years before Neil Patrick Harris came out publicly oh really so yeah. this that- so there was like a meta joke that we didn't even get watching this if you watch <laughs> in 2004 this hyper viral like bro yeah huge he was subverting the Doogie Howser totally. expectations. Yeah. And that was the joke. But the joke on another level, when you watch it now, is not only was he playing down the like, I was a child actor and now I'm completely fucked. I'm completely fucking messed up. Like, there are levels to it. Now it's just like, this movie is, I, is, I believe, what got him How I Met Your Mother. Cause that movie didn't come out. That, that show didn't start until 2005. Mm. So it's like, you've got that. But then it's like, actually, he's gay. <laughs> And they actually, I didn't see the third Howard and Kumar movie, but apparently they addressed that in the third film. Oh my God. And the, the, the joke is Why in the is third, third film, film. <laughs> the joke in the, well, it's, it's the Christmas film. It's the, the holiday. Yeah. You gotta follow, it's a national, but this is just the National Lampoon's lineage. You do have National Lampoon's vacation, oh, totally. European vacation, Christmas vacation. If they do another Howard and Kumar, they gotta do Vegas. It's the only other way these things work. Natural progression. Natural <laughs> progression. It's like, I mean, there's, it's like, because the second Harold and it's Kumar. It's like mouse, cat, dog. Second Harold and Kumar is supposed to be going to Amsterdam and then they got thwarted. It's like, it's European vacation. Like they followed, they followed the path of, of Chevy Chase essentially. But it's like, they say in the third movie that the only reason why Neil Patrick Harris is out is it's, it's a way for him to get chicks. <laughs> like that's actually it. And that, his, <laughs> and that his husband, his husband who he has two kids with, his husband is actually his drug dealer. <laughs> so they handle it quite well, I think. Although, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know the full thing, but that's my understanding of how they deal with it. Yeah, I think we got to watch those. Might have to. I like the second one more. I've seen that one like not so long ago. 
The second the one escape is, from Montalbano in Montalbano Bay. Yeah, it's a Guantanamo Bay one. Yeah, that like, one was pretty cool. I think that one is probably more like more like a modern comedy than than the first one. Like you've yeah. got Rob Corddry in there playing the like racist government agent Shocker. guy. Like <laughs> he loves that. The, he loves that George, bad boy. The George Bush scene was fucking funny. Like there's there's some funny shit in that, and I feel like. I feel like the it. second one, the second one, like I saw the second one in the theaters, like opening week. And I remember there's a really gross uh, scene involving human semen um, yeah. in that first. The cogby f- sandwich. The, yeah, there's some stuff with that. Um, and I remember that there was some old, uh, older woman who came in, I guess, because it was a matinee and said, sat in the same theater. Us, and she spent the first like 20 minutes in the film just going, oh, 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 like she just walked into whatever movie was showing. <laughs> and she walked out. We stayed. She left. I think our laughter was offending her. <laughs> it usually offends me too. She yeah, was well, turned off. It's not her thing. Which you know, it's not for everybody. Like it's not. You know, it's it's easy to forget because like generations as they move forward get different shock value and and sometimes like even crazier shock value as movies go along right like the joke can't be the same every time so this it's it's easy to forget that this was like really grossing and creeping people out then have yeah. you done freddy got fingered yet one of the one <laughs> of the worst pieces of garbage films in history it is the i worst. love it it is the worst death. movie <laughs> i will fight people about how much i love that film it's a cinematic classic Oh, it's, it's something <laughs> i went and saw it i went to like this fancy movie theater and I went and saw like a read showing of it on this thing they like call Weird Wednesdays. And they, they like brought out dudes that were experts and talked about like the background of the film and stuff. They went to Afghanistan and that <laughs> I know for real and filmed that scene where he goes off to Afghanistan for war in Afghanistan. Bo, did you ever see Freddy Got Figured or is this just like alarming? This is this is on news to me. <laughs> it is right. a truly awful film. Do you know Tom purpose. Green, Bo? Who? Tom Green? Nah. I mean, uh, maybe if I see him. So he was an MTV personality at like the turn when of the MTV century. When MTV mattered. <laughs> when MTV mattered, the turn of the century, they gave him a show and he did like a really weird show and he became like notable for doing stuff. So he's like around, I think he's like concurrent with like original Jackass. Like they had both oh. those shows on around the same time. These movies are coming around around the same time as Harold Kumar. Yeah. And okay, they, gave, familiar. they gave him a movie. They gave him a movie that was yeah. his own idea, like his own like creative control. And it's like <laughs> absurd, ridiculous, gross in places. Truly was a movie that was like reviled. People hated this movie. I absolutely love it. I think it's like an incredible Rip film. Torn, Rip Torn apparently oh. wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of movies a lot of people times. hate that I love. Like yeah. Little Nicky. Top, one of the top movies. For oh, no. It's like a movie. I like Little Nicky. We did oh, Little Nicky no. in season one of this podcast, and Jeff oh, okay. refused to watch it. Jeff I, refused I to watch it. I'm done. I can't. I, I can't no watch more. it now because I feel like, I mean, I, I have a very close relationship with God now. Like, I'm gonna get into that. Yeah. But it's just, I feel like it, it just doesn't let me watch it. But I really love that film. Um, was that one movie with the puppets, the American team? Oh, oh yeah. Team America. World Police. World Police. Yes. Dude, that's a great fucking movie. That's also America. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the music is so I like those guys have a dream career. When you oh, think about God. like what they've made, 
how much how rich they are how many drugs they do on the reg like these guys are living the life and they also got to like basically make a broadway musical that's made like a gajillion dollars Uh, yeah i mean it's like billions and all and all making fun of like the people they hate right (laughs) well now living in colorado i think i understand a little bit of Mm. uh the jokes Uh, the Mm. south park jokes hit, hit a little bit harder living in colorado you get it now all the abbreviations there's our sheets is a come and go literally k-u-m i'm like what (laughs) who signed off on this (laughs) who signed off on this this is just poor form altogether you got that but you also got legal weed so pretty good yeah but i lived in california (laughs) facts that's fuck it was always it was always legal to me you were like ah this is where we just got it here in new york we're very excited Always legal in New York. There's no dispensaries here yet, but it's legal to you can't get busted for recreational anymore. But you could uh, go to Jersey. You could, it's true. <laughs> when was this? When was this established? A couple months ago. A couple, couple months, months ago. ago. This yeah. is like I went in February. And yeah. like, I was over fucking it's what, and shit. <laughs> it's what inspired us to do this series on like stoner comedies. Yeah, because we wanted to we kind of like, oh, it's legal context. and we want to like look at it with the context of like an open lens rather. And like one of the things we've noticed and it's, you know, covered pretty well in this film is that it's wildly illegal then. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, you're if you're caught, this is like a really big deal. But that guy was like, I just want to talk. Right. Um, yeah, and that's that's the thing is like we we've dealt with the legality of this is like all these films are past tense now like how do you make a stoner comedy now as more and more places in the u.s become state by state become black yeah, in like the world itself yeah, the world at large i feel like they kind of just box you in like as far as like creativity wise like you can't make a movie about like getting away or running from the cops or something right or you know there's a tension that's completely lost in all of this yeah and that tension you know it drives in this movie as well i mean they, they deal with the cops a lot in this film and one of them is arrested and etc cetera, etc cetera, so yeah and like it's, ultimately that when that big bag of weed ends up being connected and kind of helps uh, to kind of tie the plot together in terms of giving people their comeuppances what a move i like, applauded like that makes you feel good because you feel like people kind of people get what they deserve and that's all that's all well and good there right the universe what was it? Tends to, Tends to unfold as it should. Yeah. After that was said, the movie markedly improved for me. Exactly. <laughs> and then at the end, they get to go to White Castle, which is wonderful. Yeah. They get to go have their hamburgers. Eat those shitty burgers. Yeah. You know, honestly, I would have been happy with the film just sort of ending on that note because for me, and I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but like Harold's crush on his neighbor, Maria, Oh, yeah. It was kind of fucking creepy. Yeah. Like, I didn't find it cute. I thought it was, like, really weird. Well, I thought I thought Harold was weird, like, now watching it. Like, I, I just kind of found him a bit annoying. I was like, he's a little pushover, you know? Like, there was... It's, I'm with you a little bit on that. Like, there's... I, I mean, it's like, it's just life, like, like a fine line between, like, you know... I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm real high right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm just ranting, but me too. <laughs> when he was right there with all the Asians and they were getting asked questions and shit, like you know, he was just I would have fucking left, you know. And Kumar like pushed him throughout the whole movie to do things he didn't want, and so and then the whole him like stalking Maria and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like it feels like stalking. 
feels like stalking. And I didn't. Like- I didn't love what. What really angered me was the scene where fate put them in the same place in faraway New Jersey from where they actually live. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he like nearly killed them to not have to talk to this person that he's been doing. Oh, well, she was at the movie theaters, right? Totally. Yeah. And I and I feel like that's cool if they're in high school, if there's like 16-year-olds. Yeah, be a grown-ass It's kind of like a job and stuff. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, let's, yeah. let's go talk to this human being. I mean, even I know like, that's the I mean, driver of the movie. I get it. But I, I, I'm with you guys on that. That like that. Part I feel was- like I'm a big fan of like rom-coms, right? So yeah. to me, it's just like they were just happened to both be there and stuff like that. Like, I would have took that shit as a sign if I was him. Yeah, you know? I'm with you. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he was just creeping the entire time, no matter what. But I mean, she would, it's so unrealistic. She'd be like, all right, well, fuck it. Let me make out with this guy now. Like, he wasn't that cute. That was quick. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, everyone should be allowed to make their choices. And, and like, it was rapey, it was, it was, but that shit felt a little rapey. However, <laughs> if, if it wasn't for that relationship, we wouldn't get one of the kind of the uh, best parts of this film, which is uh, the land of burgers. Do we remember the animated sequence with all of the hamburgers with feet? Oh, of course we do. What? I did, I, did I miss that? It yeah, happens. Like... It's real. <laughs> It was a big thing it, it, that there is this weird animated sequence where like Harold has to rescue Maria and he's in this like Space Jam-esque Looney Tunes world of computer generated ham- anthropomorphized hamburgers. <laughs> Dude, I did not recall that shit. It's like a video game. I don't game. remember that. <laughs> it's it's truly weird i mean like in the midst of watching this film and again i will say i was fairly high watching this film that part was just kind of where you know like i can accept them riding a cheetah and i can (laughs) accept uh i can accept jamie kennedy just peeing next to him in the woods randomly which by the way that's an uncredited role yeah, well, it shouldn't be credited because they don't they don't later. put Jamie Kennedy in the credits at all, which I no, think is they should not credit him for that. <laughs> so that's I mean, a nice you. cubes guy, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but the but the animated sequence, I think, just brings this movie to just further absurd levels that I don't I think maybe the reason why you guys aren't necessarily remembering is because it broke your brain. <laughs> <laughs> Might it have broke your brains. It's a brain breaker. Gary Suarez, president and CEO of Cabbages, and I'm here today to tell you about a great new show coming to the Cabbages Podcast Network. Cabby It's called Dunscast, and it's all about what the kids today call gaming. It's tense. Every week, New York rapper Dunscap and his co-host slash DJ Samurai Banana discuss video games, gaming culture, and their platonic male friendship. You can just feel us glaring at each other. Whether you're a Final Fantasy fanatic, a Fortnite dance champ, or simply a hip-hop head who can't live without a PS5, 
there's something here for you. Maybe you'll have something in common with us and we could rescue you from your loneliness. It's funny, it's insightful, it's relatable. It even gets a little blue, but don't just take it from me. Here's Dunscap himself to tell us why you should listen to this new podcast. Hey, hey, you might be sitting there thinking, I like hip hop and video games, but is there at least a place on the internet that I could listen to two friends talk about video games while also having an underlying code of interest that is hip hop? Maybe those two friends have made music together in the past, but don't talk about it at all because that would be lame. Instead, they talk about their favorite video games, maybe about each other, learn things along the way, and get controversial? That's what I'm talking about, baby. Am I supposed to like advertise this thing or? No, you're perfect. I hate being perfect. I'm too perfect. I pretend to like things and I pretend to like Mike. Dunscast with Samurai Banana. Brought to you by the people who brought you the hip hop podcast, Cabbages, which Dunscap was on. Wink. Hope you enjoy it. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. <laughs>